0: Thanks for listening to What We're Afraid to Say from the
1: Pulpit. This is Episode 6, which is Part 2 of Jordan's and my conversation around worship, What's It For? I'm going to try and parse this out. You could
0: cut it out because it may sound not sensitive.
1: Go back and listen to episode five, if you haven't done so already. In that first part of our conversation around worship, we discussed whether God needs us uh, to worship. Surprisingly, that got us into a conversation around parenting and especially Jordan's wisdom around what parents need or shouldn't need from their kids.
0: In our journey, Michelle and I have, in our journey of becoming parents and and struggling with fertility and everything, uh going to therapy and learning more about yourself and be more aware of yourself. Uh, you know, I've started to think of, I don't want to have a kid for me. (laughs) I want to have a kid to be able to raise a good person in the world. That's going to make the world a better place. That's going to be able to give to others as well. Whereas I think sometimes at least I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll put it on myself. Uh, Years ago, my thought was always, I want to have a kid because that's going to fulfill something in sure, me." Right? Sure, sure. And, and, and being a parent does do that. Uh, that's not wrong. No,
1: that's a reality.
0: But it's more of the, the perspective and focus of it. If, if you're having a kid only to fulfill something in you that you're missing— That's not necessarily going to work because that kid eventually goes off and has their own life, right? Right. And then you're stuck with that hole once again. I think about God creating all of existence out of love. That it wasn't, I need to create this because I need all of this to worship me because I'm lonely. It's, no, I have all this love to give. And I want to put it out there. I want to create something. And that love continues through people to others and all of creation. Uh, So that's kind of of the view I'm playing with now. I can't tell if it's bad or not from your face. Oh, (laughs) are you kidding
1: me? I'm trying to decide what new podcast I should open up just to make sense of your last four minutes of just beautiful, vulnerable... Uh, explication of parenting and infertility and hope and need—absolutely beautiful, my friend. Yeah. Uh, this, thank you so much for that. Um, I didn't. am sorry, I didn't know that was all in our question. We were talking about <laughs> worship. It's all there, Jordan. Yeah, absolutely. What What do we think we're doing on Sunday morning? And the way better answer. Uh, is um, an overabundance of love and letting that somehow open us up uh, to what is really real. Yep. um, And not housing the whole thing. In a parent's need, you are way too gracious on this. Yes, Jordan, sometimes we have kids to fulfill our own needs. Holy Hannah, what percentage of therapy is right there? Um,
0: Probably about... Eight years. So, far.
1: <laughs> so insightful. Uh, and a lot of that could only come from you. Wow. Worship at its best feels like that overabundance, feels mm-hmm. like a celebration. This for me actually is a challenge. I was raised in a, a much bigger church than this, but I've served much smaller churches for the last 17, 20 years. And so uh, I often stumble in. Part of my stumbling of informality, both from the pulpit and forgetting that I'm supposed to say something for uh, collecting the offering, any of that Uh is, uh, it feels like more than a community to me. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily a great thing. I don't feel as connected as in one spirit. Sometimes it happens. Yep. Way easier when there's 20, 30, 50 in worship than when there's 200.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, I hope for that goal, and I feel it sometimes even here, although it's a little new to me.
0: So, yeah, worship to me is, um, like here at New Hope, we try, our main thing is to love God and love others, uh, as that's the greatest commandment that Jesus gave to summarize all the law. And so, to me, worship is a place where we come together to remind ourselves of that every week so that we can go out into the world uh, to bring the reality of God a little bit closer and closer each week. Um, because that's a beautiful thing to me about the Christian story, is God is inviting us to restore all things right. with God. Uh, whereas a lot of us sit there and think, ah, God's got that. <laughs> well, you know, God's inviting you to be a
1: part of that. So. right. There's a performative quality to worship that confuses me. Mm-hmm. I'm either the first or the last to talk about it uh, uh, because I love playing piano or playing guitar or preaching or being up front. I like to try to encourage congregational singing that uh, some churches do much better than New Hope, and some churches don't do as well mm-hmm. as New Hope. Um, it's it's a con- this would be a great conversation to have with uh, Tracy our interim music director uh, when people come and say I've got gifts I want to do this in worship or you you and I have this struggle all the time Mm -hmm. I want to come in and do an announcement I want to tell people about this thing that's going on
0: yeah
1: it'll only take five minutes yeah it'll only you know and we have this struggle of wanting to be inclusive welcoming everyone Mm -hmm. and being the only gatekeepers for producing something in 60 minutes on a Sunday morning that's being streamed to 50 people Uh, that has a polish to it. Yeah. What a weird thing.
0: Yeah. It's a very weird thing because then you think about people in the entertainment industry, they could do something like this way better than we can. But I think that's the charm of church. It's the gifts of the people and and people putting together the worship. Um, And and that's why I, I always prefer, I like having many different voices in worship and people from the congregation reading scripture or doing a prayer Uh, because if it just becomes you and i or the paid musicians or things like that then it is a performance that's confusing right and but if you involve the congregation then it's an engagement and it's it's collectively worship rather than
1: a show right In our previous conversation, Jordan mentioned how he and Michelle became part of a large non-denominational congregation where they could be anonymous. You wanted in college, or maybe Michelle did, you wanted to fall through the cracks. You wanted to have not much expected of you to make it easy to come and go. Mm -hmm. I think of that every time I get too directive in a a sermon. Am I going to alienate someone? I think of that when I position myself at the back of the sanctuary. We have two double doors. I pick one and I stand way to the side. So it's possible basically for you to pick three of the four lanes that won't have me standing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much are we forcing ourselves to make someone feel connected? Let me shake your hand. Let me find out more about you. No, yeah. you want to slip past. And I'm going to yeah. allow that because uh, I want to honor whatever you're doing. Right.
0: Well, and it's kind of intimidating for us pastors to seek out that new person.
1: Absolutely. Because that
0: new person is like... A- but every once in a while, there is somebody that's, that wants that, right? Yeah. So there's those differences, but most people, they're like, that feels too much too soon. Um, but really what keeps people at church, I think first and foremost, worship, if they like it, if they like the preaching style and all that, they'll come back again. But really what keeps somebody in a church for years is the people. Mm. And if they get to connect with other people, and they have a
1: community there. Right. See them there in worship, get to nod, do the passing of the peace, mm-hmm. etc.
0: But also, at least I think now, maybe for a different generation, it's different. But right now, I feel like people want it to happen organically and not forced. Whereas some people are like, give me this life group. Give me that program. I'm going to meet somebody there.
1: Yeah. Other right. people are like, I
0: want to stumble upon my community. Because that's going to feel more natural and right than trying to force something. And that's hard to do.
1: Absolutely. Worship's always the first step in, always the first exposure. I suppose I shouldn't say that. If there's some social event they come to because they've seen your sign, because they've been to a Mm -hmm. concert or something. They've been to vacation Bible school. Mm -hmm. How do we get them to worship? That's not easy.
0: I'll tell you something about VBS around here is uh, everybody once thinks that that's a big draw, draw. to get people to worship. Right. What I have found in Castle Rock area is people, it's almost a very cheap child care sure. for the summer. Absolutely. So the kids that come to our Rotating VBS, around. they've already been to two other VBSs that summer. <laughs> uh, and so they're not really looking for a church home. They're just looking to give their kids something sure. to do.
1: Yeah, I know that's very real. It's been real for years at churches I've known and helped do VBS until we canceled VBS because it cost such an incredible amount of volunteer hours. Mm -hmm. And we recognized it was drawing us no visitors of any sort, let alone involvement. Yeah, and a lot of money. And a lot of money. I think you can find in worship what well, you just covered, what we were covering about a whole theology of worship that uncovers a lot of really deep uh, spiritual psychology, mm-hmm. what we're up to and what the aim of the church is that is, in fact, mm-hmm. satisfied in much of worship, even though staff, people like you and me are always going to say, hey, don't stop at worship. Come to Bible study. Mm-hmm. Come to the small group. Yep. Come and serve in this capacity. Yep. Do you want to come be on session? <laughs> come to a meeting. want to be a deacon? Yeah. yeah. There's always a chain for us of involvement that's a difficult and ineffectual chain mm-hmm. in every church I know, but always what our goal is yeah, how to turn worshipers into disciples. disciples. But hard. we're very glad to have worshipers, yeah. Sometimes I laugh and, and excuse people thinking. What do you do for a living? Aren't you only busy one hour a week? <laughs> I get it. And we read I the Bible it. the rest of the week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we yeah, we yeah, pray
0: Yeah, the rest of the week. Yeah, it's it, it's a funny thing, but it, people roll their eyes at this, but I, I think it's true. Uh, when we learn more about the human condition and the brain and everything, mm. all of us just have this need to be loved and wanted and um, and praised in a way of, like, uh, look at me. Look at, like, a kid <laughs> what I'm saying doing. to their parent, like, hey, Dad, look at me, huh? look at me. And approval, that's the word I'm looking for. Uh, and I think worship does provide that in some ways for people, and I think that's an important thing for people to be, to know that they are loved and,
1: and seen,
0: seen, and that they have a purpose, and that's healing for people. So, and worship can provide that.
1: Amen to that. Hey, thanks for listening.